Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Loosehead Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth with the two most attractive coaches in the Shoot Shield currently. Jed Gillespie, how the fuck are you? Not bad, mate. I'm just adjust, putting some Vaseline on my lens. Um, so what? Yeah, seems like a long time since we've done this dance, to be honest. Well, um, I, I had a number of messages. So it's, it's actually surprising the amount of people that listen to this. Like you, you and I don't really keep track of the numbers. It's more like a little fun thing that we do every week. But I, I've fucking so many messages. When's the pod dropping? I want to listen. I want to do exercise. Can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? You know, how do you feel about Jed beating you on the weekend? You know, I had oh, a number of those. So I- <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is, I, I look. Last week was um, I ran into like, the South. The South crowd were not the. Hold on, I'll distinguish this. Not the crowd in that little grandstand thing that was abusing me. We'll get to that. But the uh, the older supporters of South, I, num- I said hello to a number of them, or they came and said hello to me, and they were very, very nice uh, and asked about the podcast. But they were sort of like a few people have gone, is it because you guys were playing each other? And I'm thinking, no, not at all. It's just coincidentally, well, um, I think we both had weeks from hell, basically. Um and just I, I, we couldn't yeah, do it. You you had a lot of work on. I had a lot of work on. Um, and it was just you know every uh, we try we kind of train on different nights. So any night you had free, I was busy, and then vice versa. And um, yeah, we find we finally managed to carve out an hour of time. Well, Firstly, I got sprayed. I got sprayed. Like like you were saying though, I got I got I was getting hammered by my mates and a few people towards Thursday, and I I. Oh, I just went ballistic at them. I said, look, it's fair play to them because it's probably mean that we've now hardened down like a time to do it every every week. But like, yeah. do those, do, Ben James, like, do you want to pay my rent? To oh, be I'd fair. Open to question. To be fair, like, uh, it's probably the only thing that those kind of people have to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll support that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was, look, I, I had a great time. My brother was here. For the last week and a bit, um, I he's he said he ran into you. Yeah, yeah, I had chat to him before the game, and then I had a uh, good yarn to him after the game as well. So that was good. He was um he was just I think prepping for some schooners when I ran into him at first. So it was about nine a.m. probably. Yeah, it was about quarter <laughs> to eight. Um, no, it was it was around second, like the start of second grade, and then um after the game he was he was in, he was fine though. I think he's an experienced um. He's got, some, he's got some resilience. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I actually had a good yarn with your mother as well, um, a couple of times. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good. I caught up with a whole bunch of the chubs. It was Mate, very- well, we barely saw it. we barely saw each other. I, I went through uh, my usual Saturday's depression afterwards and uh, had to drown a couple of quiet beers on my own before I could be social, but. What do you what do you make of it all? I've got to admit, I quite enjoyed watching you guys all last week and and seeing what what's going on down there. And look, there's um, after doing a deep dive into Jed Gillespie and the Gillespieettes, um, there's no surprise that you guys are going very well. I appreciate that, man. I think the the game on the weekend. I always I always call my dad after games. I don't know whether you call your old man. Um, but I always call my dad, like he played a lot of rugby and he's a fairly smart guy. And he just goes, that was the worst game of rugby I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's off the bat. He, he knows I'm usually calling him to 
I like see I like hearing someone's opinion who's not involved in like instead yeah. of going oh you know this person that but he would just be like mate who who's that bloke playing six yeah you know he was really good or like you know that bloke playing three you know he was he, he was good someone without any emotion yeah, and nothing just tell you what's going on nothing attached there's no no knowledge of training or like this or just nothing anyway so or I call him to just complain about you know um, ref. Grain, no, no, <laughs> Grange are missing, uh, missing a call or something like that. Um, but he just goes, gee whiz, that was a dreary fucking game of football. That first 40 could just be on fast forward. And I thought, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was very, look, it was very, um, I, I think it was really, really physical. Like people were getting fucking whacked out there, um, like really whacked. And it was, to be honest, it was mostly coming from South. Um, a few of our, like we got, I suppose, big, a few carriers um, and a few people just getting teed off on. So it was a very physical game in the first half, but I think it was marked mostly by the penalty count, which was just enormous. Was one or two, weren't there? And they, no, and they were, and, you know, in the debrief, it's been established 100% fair. Like I can only speak on behalf of my team, but they were all 100% play on. Um, like just dumb things, you know, high tackles, things like that. So, you know, once when you're actually doing them and they're not sort of 50-50 line ball calls, I mean, you, what's the referee supposed to do? So we absolutely deserved our penalties. Um, you know what I, you know what I thought of that game? It was like, you know those MMA fights that you, you see where there's not a lot of action happening? There might be like a leg kick and then a check and then a jab and then another jab and... And I felt like that game was just all jabs until the end when uh, you guys started to get some leg kicks in and then and then mm. ended up running away with it at point on points at the end. Yeah, you know, it was a bit of a dreary game. It was. There was there was some good good stuff. Look, to be fair, there's some good D from both teams. I thought mm. in, in patches anyway. And um, I don't know. I'd, I'd imagine from Eastwood, that's one that you're happy to get the W or W. I can't even. I'm, I haven't even had a drink since yesterday, and I'm already slurring my words. Being around Lockwood Chub is not yeah, good mate, for anyone's we, house. We you need get it. The like, w and you move on, kind of thing. Well, South is. Uh, it's just a hard place to play. I've crapped on about this before, so I won't do it again. But it's a difficult place to play. Um, you know, there's always there's always a very vocal crowd. It's, it gets cold down there. Like it's just different. It's its own element. Um, and so yeah, like we need we needed that win badly, you know. Coming into, I suppose we got one more round than the boy. Um, just need to say, I'm looking forward to that boy just quietly. Yeah, I think we've spoken about it before. No, no offense to our teams or um, the people, my, the players who I like very much, but I'm very, I am looking forward to the boy. Unfortunately, as we approach the boy, I don't know about you, but things are starting to pop up like. We'll do that bye week. We'll do that bye week. That'd be a good thing to do bye week. So now the bye week's starting to fill up nicely as well. So we'll, we'll definitely train once in the bye week. And at the moment, it is chocker block. So very exciting. It's unreal. That's unreal. Are you going away or are you just going to stay around? Mate, I don't know. I, I, I've reached out to a few punters, um, ex-shoot shield punters like Jared Barry, trying to get away from Sydney. Um, I might go up the coast. I just, I will do so. I'll have to do something. I, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind going to the snow. Yeah, you mentioned going to the snow. I don't think my joints can do the snow. I'm too fat and like broken. Well, that probably sums both of us up reasonably well. Um, before we leave for sure, which we, we will have to at some point, 
the South crowd. What are what are the what is the name of the South crowd? Like, do they call themselves something? Like at Eastwood, you know, they're the Tropics or the whatever. What what's the South crowd called? Um, there's I don't know. It's been there's the Favorite Sons. Actually, that's okay. probably what it's called. Favorite Sons is like it's like the old boys network. Okay, so the people in that like grandstandy oh. thing you have. Yeah, you know, you know where you know where we stand during the game on the roof. Yeah, they're all the old um, individuals down there. What about the delinquents on my where I was standing on my side? So what there's four near the orange container. Yes, fourth, near the orange container. That's that's the uh, original fourth grade family hill. That's that's usually a bunch of the fourth grade, third grade boys who've been there all morning and and who get to fucking sing some piss in the afternoon. So, very importantly, they were very, very funny um, and very loud. So, I obviously got notes like a fair few people from South. So, I saw Bono. Like, I saw a number of guys. I saw our friend Pony um, said hello to him. Yeah. Good to see him. And then <laughs> literally 20 minutes later, like, I'm standing 30 meters to their left. And it's just, fuck you, Gillespie. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So I, I managed to avoid it for most of the game. Um, they were hammering Waylo, hammering a few of the guys, which 100% play on, like coming from an Eastwood, like Eastwood crowds are not great either. Um, and then at halftime, I was walking back across the field and it's just get the fuck off the field, you fat. There's more, I felt like I was back at NTS training. <laughs> fuck off. Then the final one of the game was, I think it was 19-13, but we were down your half. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to duck down to those toilets. And I'm walking down like they won't see me. And then it's, again, you better not be fucking pissing in there. And I looked up and went, what do you want me to do in there? I thought pissing would be good. Like, what do you want me to do in this toilet? So, Oh, God. I, I, I hope I didn't I had a fun day on that side. Um makes a difference having a loud crowd it really does um it's they're they're a bunch of maniacs i i already know i like i didn't hear any of this but i already know who's yelling at you um, oh but having said that i had a chat with a few guys after the game um who asked uh if i was selling drugs and if i could get if i could get any <laughs> and then found it very very like they came up to me straight face as well and then they burst after so it was it was quite funny um but- I had some great messages last week. Actually, I should read. I should read one to you. Hold on. Yeah, mate. N- number of fans of the podcast. Actually, no. You keep going first because I got. I got uh, after our last podcast where you basically called out Greg Dowden. Um, well, you didn't basically call him out. He's got fifty-five different. He's unsent messages. God, I don't even know. I'll never appear on your podcast. Who the fuck makes Gillespie an expert anyway? I used to like him when he played, but no longer. Good luck. What the fuck makes you an expert, apart from the fact that your team's coming first and shoot shield? <laughs> well, I, like, I don't know what to do now. Like, what am I... What, do we stop the podcast? Should, oh, I call, right. should I call back to you and tell him that I'm not coming to training anymore? I don't care. <laughs> All I was saying was, he, he, he's a fair-weather supporter. He, he'll jump on your team when they're winning, and he jumps off when they're losing. So when we, I think, lost to Randwick and... Well, one and one or something like that. He was apparently dragging us. I'm not even on Facebook, so if you're dragging us, don't jump. Don't jump on later. That's all I'm saying. 
I just think um, it's funny. What the fuck makes him an expert apart from the practice? <laughs> well, nothing makes up. me an expert. I'm also, I don't think I'm claiming to be an expert. In fact, on this podcast, we often say the exact opposite. We're the opposite of experts. Um, but it's, it's, mate, it's true. It's true. Wasted, that's enough fucking hot air about that. I'm not doing any more. Uh, the last time I'm I got, using, a, I got a bite there. That's all I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing any f- more hot, hot air on that. Um, I'm going to go through the go through the round the grounds sure. with Tony Chalmers. Um, Ramwick beat West 17 to 20, 20 to 17. So that's pretty much how I have it in my mind. That's a bit probably that's close though. That's a close game for Ramwick. Probably fair, I'd say. Like that, this that sits right in my mind. Manly continue to win 25 22 against East. That probably doesn't sit quite right. Although Manly have been a touch, when I say a touch inconsistent, so have we. So it's no, it's no shot on you, Manly, but like, you know, East haven't been amazing. You would think if it, like Manly were really putting on one of their days, that that could have been a bigger score. Um, the yeah. Rats. 42 to the hot wildfire 21. Also, um, game. Yeah, how was it? It was one sided from start to finish. Okay, so the rats, did the rats get out in front or a hunter sort of? Do, uh, pretty, pretty early, yeah. Pretty early. I they think got, that, out, look, they got in front. The, it was, you know. That's the key. That's the key. I look on, on uh, it's not the key to, like, some teams are big comeback teams. I don't think Hunter are at the moment. Um, they sort of play on emotion a little bit like para. So, you know, if you can get out in front of them, it might it might save you a pretty tough day. Um, Uni beat Gordon 27-19. I've watched that one. That was a – if our game wasn't great to watch, that wasn't as good – that wasn't very good either. Look, I think there was four rolling more tries scored through the game. Obviously, Uni very heavy rolling mores, but Gordon scored two as well. Um, it was a Chatswood. Chatswood's a little bit wet. Um, there's a lot of kicking. Uh, a lot of penalties. It was- How Gordon have turned out has been interesting to me because we we played him a couple of times early on, one in a trial and then round one or round two maybe. And and I, I thought they'd be going a lot better than they've been going. I think maybe there's been some things going on there, a bit of COVID, the flu, injuries. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I, I, I'm just speculating because it doesn't make oh, sense to me. I've got no idea. I truly have no idea. Um I'll, I'll, I, I don't I don't know. That, that's that's how the teams sit in my head. Like that's result probably reflects recent results. Um, but I don't know what's going on there. Like they obviously don't have the cattle that they had for the 2020. But that's okay because they've still got very good footballers, in my opinion. So okay. um, I'll, I'll tie that back to one theory that someone threw at me for Norse could be complete bullshit, but. Um, the two blues win another one, 34-33. Um, you know, sticking around and sort of showing what they're worth, which is very, very impressive. Uh, again, another reason why it was, you know, we had them a week ago, why it's so important to, to win that game. Um, I was talking to someone earlier in the season when we were heading out to Cowra. And at the time, Norse were, if you recall, just shit hot. Great place, Cowra, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great place, Kiara. I fucking love it. Right, shout, out, shout out to the Eagles. Your mother said that she had two girls lined up for me in Kiara when I spoke to her on the weekend. And I said, well, that's fucking six weeks too late, isn't it? What am I supposed to do with that information? 
Um, also, two of them as well. Poor, yeah, I can. I couldn't do half. Um, but the poor women. Um, I was talking to someone and they said, "Look, I think if we can beat Norse, their bubble will burst and they'll lose a couple." And I was sort of like, "Hmm, that's a, it." Seems it seems a little bit intangible and like fluffy for my thinking. But they they were sort of riding high on confidence. They were playing spectacular football. When Norse play well, um, gee, they play good footy. Like it's just it's really well structured. They're good defenders. They have a nice set piece. Without like not an amazing scrum, but a really nice line out. Um, and but he was like, look, if Norse lose this one, I think their bubble will burst of confidence. And I wonder if maybe this something similar has happened to Gordon. I have no fucking idea, but I can only imagine that it 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 it, it is hard to go through a period where you're killing it, and then just get get a get a road bump. You know, it's not easy. Hey, abs- absolutely, could be one of these. Look, we're we're struggling a little bit at the moment. It's uh, I, I I think you could probably see if you watch the game back on the weekend. There's some you know some things go against you, heads go down, and and maybe um, maybe Norse are a bit like that at the moment as well. I haven't watched them enough to to make a proper. No, neither have I. Which is why it it was just a, something someone said to me at the time, and I don't think it really is necessarily just applicable to Norse. I think it applies to anyone, but like, you know, it's it's hard to it's a it's a very big skill like you were alluding to to be able to and it's something that I've been crapping on about. I'm sure my players are sick of it, is to be able to fuck a line out up and then deliver on the next one. Yeah. As if nothing happened. So that you know that was I we had a bit of a breaking point this year with that where you know we we'd had a bad week and I, you know, I was like, well look, if you're a ninety percent team and you miss a line out, then you hit your next one. That's how it works. But you got to yeah. have the ability to, like a five-second memory. Like you can't, you can't base all your confidence off the first play of the game. You got to base it on the work you've done. You know, got to be so, a goldfish, a goldfish, goldfish memory. And look, I, I, I don't think um, it. Look, n- n- I think young players struggle with it immensely. Like if you get a young center and they drop the first ball of the game, like it's not good. Which is makes them good to play, in my opinion. Conversely, if they kick a 50-22 in the first play of the game, they'll be fucking, they'll be firing. Um, but I found as I got older, if I dropped a ball in the first half, I just, I didn't remember until the review. I was like, oh fuck. Well, there's um, there's nowhere to hide now, is there? Probably when when we yeah, were when we were young, you know, there was no GPSs, there's no huddle, there's no stats edge, all that kind of stuff. Now, if you if you fart on the field, it's picked up on the fucking referees, Mike. And, yeah, you're in big strife. You know, the, the stats, the the stats are. Um, I think I, I don't know whether over the top's the right word, but they're fucking like in depth. So, you know, you can. The problem is, I, I have. I'm sure you have the same, but I have face value perceptions of the game where I'm like, that was good. They were good. That was bad. Like I, I, I wasn't happy with our line on the weekend. I was okay, and then you know your, your stats come back, and it's like, well, that was actually all right. You know, he I thought he was really busy, but he missed four tackles, like just things like that. So you're right; yeah. there's nowhere to hide. Back in the day, it's like, yeah, Chubby had a good game, and then you're like, sweet, on to next week. Where now it's like, well, you'll be broken down on huddle by nine p.m., and then by Sunday or Monday, there'll be a full stats write up on how your game was. So the, you got nowhere to fucking go. It makes it very hard. 
I find with the stats, it probably just validates your own opinion or, or you know, you might have missed something that you weren't quite sure about. But, like, we've we've had games where, where we won every single statistic but the scoreboard. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a little bit like... The big, know, the big one, the big stat that, like, has been a sticking point for good teams um, is the ruck speed. And rucks, yeah. rucks under three seconds. So I remember going into the Norse game um, and their ruck speed and their percentage of rucks that were under three seconds was fucking incredible compared to ours, which were very, very slow. And maybe that reflects the two, two different types of sides. But we, so like those sort of stats are really, are like really, really helpful. And then they've yep. got some bizarre things like, Arrivals and reshapes. It says zero and stuff. yeah, I just get lost. You know, I'm like, you telling me there was no anyway. I, look, if you haven't seen it, it's not worth talking about. But the 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 stat, there's nowhere for guys to hide these days. I actually, I don't know if I'd survive playing these. What's teams. very interesting, Jed Gillespie, is that um, at least in the shoot shield games that I've been given the stats for, the balls in play higher than a lot of Super Rugby games. So. Um, I think that a lot of people probably enjoy watching Shoot Shield for that reason, that there's a lot of footy that is actually being played. Not our game on the fucking weekend, it wasn't. I sure. haven't seen the stats for no, that. No, I, I, I just... it was like 36 minutes, something something crazy. In play. Yeah, well, that was... I could I can understand that because I've watched that game and that was... For periods, there was a lot of kicking going on. There was a, kick, a lot of kicking battles. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the Shoot Shield after this week, so... Um, we got uni this week at uni, which is never an easy game, but also one that you can't not get up for. I mean, East would have a, just a rivalry with uni going back a long time now. Um, I, feel like, I feel like everyone has a rivalry. Everyone has a rivalry with uni. I mean, well, I think we've sort of had the lion's share of grand final appearances over the last sort of 15 years or 20 years even. in the Even the early 2000s, you know, we played them couple of years in a row in the grand finals and um yeah look it's just it'll be a it'll it'll be a fucking hard game we if we if, you know that's the best way to go into a bye week you, you know knocking off uni but the advantage of a game like that is that you don't have to try as hard to get guys up for it you know um, absolutely, absolutely right absolutely cause it, right because it's flowing through sort of the club whereas there are games and it's not a disrespectful to that team but there might just not be that history so you got to you you have to make sure people are up for it, and we definitely fucking missed that uh, a few times this year. Who have you guys got? Uh, we are playing the Hunter Wildfires, and this will be my first trip up to Newcastle since they've been in the competition. So I'm looking uh, forward it's, to it. It's it's very like. Are you playing Friday, Saturday? Saturday. Mm. I think it's Saturday. Yeah, it's I'm a quite, um, pretty sure. Yeah, it's like it's a really nice place to play football. Did you play there once or not? I I've never been there. Oh, it's I played there once, um, or twice. It's it's a fucking lovely, lovely ground, and you know it's obviously a bit of a drive for the guys on game day, but it's not it's not too bad, and it's bit of a taste of country rugby, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It was fucking fantastic. I I liked playing there, and I suppose the difficulty about playing there is Hunter are a bit of a spanner team. It's hard to know what you're going to get. They got some. They got that. Their inside centers. just absurdly explosive. I'm not sure if he's playing at the moment, but they had some, you know, they got some good footballers and they're, they're again, again, one of those teams that like fuck on their week, they're very hard to beat. So 
Absolutely, absolutely. Like I've I've watched them absolutely tear some teams apart, and and you know, conversely, the following week they get torn apart. So it's it's a bit hard to pick. Um, it it'll be, it's definitely a game you have to be up for, regardless. That's again, like that that would be an example of a game where it's harder to get the team up for it. I mean, it's a new team that haven't been in the comp long. You don't have a lot of like. You can't There's drag, not that history. There's yeah, not you that can't, history. You can't drag something back like, you know, I remember when this guy said that or like, you know, that he went out and said that, you know, this club saw, you know, just just things. You can drag anything from anywhere. But yeah. it's very hard with the, with Hunter because, I mean, fuck, I actually, I actually quite like Hunter. They seem like a nice bunch of guys and they've got a really nice ground and they're brand new to the comp. So what, what, I've got to invent something to fucking hate them. Oh well, exactly right. Look at look at them with all their fun. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> we're we're down here in the cold. Um, it is cold, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's fucking freezing. Oh, now uh, that's why I'm wearing a beanie and a hoodie inside. The government wants you to pay electricity bills, Chubby. I'm not fucking doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, surely you've got enough money now with your 15 jobs. Oh, just I've been paid yet. So um, we. You did miss something last week, and our one uh, our one listener who doesn't like politics is not going to like it. But we had a federal election, ladies and gentlemen. Sausage sandwiches for all. Get your vote in. Oh my God, I I honestly have you pay attention to politics. I love it. The the thing that stood out for me, obviously, you voted for the marijuana party. They didn't get in. I actually saw them on there, and I was shocked. <laughs> well, they're on there every every three years or whatever it is. But the thing that blew me away, the only thing that I can recall standing out to me all week, is Uncle Clive Palmer, Australian billionaire, uh, spent a hundred million dollars on. Yeah, but he's he's worth fucking six. Well, seven. See, that's what I was going to ask you. Is that a tax deduction for his business? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because for, because if he did yeah, it for that purpose, then yeah, he's yeah. smarter than he looks. Oh, he's definitely smarter than he looks. But also, I did see a thing recently on how much money different people have, and he legitimately has a fair few quid. So, how does, he make his, how does he make it? Mines, isn't it? No idea. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. Oh well, right. you should well, technically you're, like you, you're asking you're, the right guy. You're a big cop, <laughs> <Palmer> guy. <laughs> I bet you do it, motherfucker. Um, he's a he's a hero of yours, obviously. I will say for to spend a hundred million now, the party's not. Brand new anymore? What's it? Four or five years old, and to not Something get a like not get a seat. It's not. They should really just channel the hundred million into one fucking electorate and drag one guy out of it. You know, it's a bit. It's the look, I feel like they're a little bit of a joke at this point, and um, I know that that will offend you saying that because you're a big fan of what they stand for. But, but like, yeah, that's right. Every time I see Clive Palmer out, I try and take a photo and then put your face on it. <laughs> well, look, he, I think personally, like, I think he's just big boned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, they, they, they didn't get a seat. Um, the guy who was trying to get uh, a ramp for uh, Ashworth train station didn't get in. So that was that was my big takeaway of the week. Um, but I, I always love- wonder, what are they going to do now? Their, all their dreams are gone. They're not going to get into the local government. Like, what do they do now? He's going to have to take the stairs. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what else he's going to do. So he's like, just fucking, like, how is he going to get through his life knowing well, that he... Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the thing that interests me, I, I don't... Um, I don't I, look, it's a win-win. I hope the government goes really well and everything fucking goes great because it's good for 
good for us. It's good, <laughs> yeah, literally it good for everyone. Um, it is. The thing that interests me about particularly the younger generation, I mean, you yourself aren't big into politics, but I suppose how many people just cut, like they cut, they cast a vote without knowing anything about what they're voting for? You. Oh, I'm, so, like, there was a player. There was a player training, and like I think it's so important that everyone has their vote and has the right to have their vote and has and you know, but also I'd like to know like what which aspects of maybe I'm reading too far into it, but like which aspects appeal to you, you know. So one of our guys was like, "Yeah, I voted for the Greens," and I was like, "Well, which aspects of the Greens appeal to you?" No answer. So it's like that's what surprises me about, and particularly like the younger kids these days coming out of school, it's like. Yeah, I'm 100. I got to vote Greens the environment. I'm like, well, that, fair enough. But do you, you know, you know, do you know what that means for your taxes? Do you know what that means for your electricity bill? Um, do you know what the outcome? Like, do you do you know any of this? So I asked him. I How said, do you find this out, Jed Gillespie? Because I need mean? to know. How do you find out all that? You got to read and listen <laughs> to stuff. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that. I don't know. It just surprised me because I said to him, like, I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Well. Look, like, let's say your electricity bill is a hundred dollars. Would you, you'd be okay if it's one fifty? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like for the, you know, absolutely not. And I said, well, what if it was three hundred? You know, and I suppose that's why it. I don't know. It just baffles me how people don't know anything, but are willing to drive so, our cause so hard. I just, I, it, I don't get it. Yeah, if you know, if you don't know anything, but you're driving a cause, you are dumb. One of one of my favorite things to do is someone who shares something, whether it be a social justice cause or something, and ask them a question about it, and imme- immediately not get a reply. You know, like this this was awful, and I'll be like, "Oh, what happened?" And they'll be like, oh, "I don't know." Like, just fucking be smarter, people in the universe. You're all idiots, fucking I idiots. I sure am, but no, that was a good politician chap. Um, I kind of watch it for the entertainment value. Although Australian politics isn't as interesting as US politics to me because it's, I don't know, I feel like we're a bit more boring here. Oh, we're way more boring because everyone's centre. Like we're very centred. So every, everything's very similar. So it's not it's not a big deal, I mean. I didn't know who Anthony Albanese was until two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, fuck, look, I don't know. Penny Wong's the fucking foreign affairs minister, so... The Peter Dutton is the liberal leader now. Yeah, so the thing about oh, this is going to go too deep. I'm going to do 15 seconds. As it. Peter Dutton's actually very popular in the conservatives. So he will unite the conservatives, but he's also known as Voldemort amongst um, anyone who owns social media. So it's a bit of a trade-off. Um, one of my favorite politicians is, and I know you're a huge fan of his. You're about to say Barnaby Joyce, aren't <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, Barnaby. Well, actually, interestingly, Barnaby got voted out as the head of the Nationals yesterday. Um, but I heard him on, which is whatever, who cares really, he's still got his seat. I heard him advocating for nuclear power, which is very, smart. very fucking smart. Um, mm. He's like, it was very funny the way he puts it. Look, you hate him or love him, he puts things very straight. He's like, you don't want nuclear power. you got a nuclear reactor in the middle of Sydney. You got fucking nuclear subs in your harbour. Why the fuck wouldn't you want nuclear power? Good point. That's what he said. Fuck. Yep. Why the fuck? No, I added the fuck for emphasis, oh. but he literally word for word. Um, and it is very, very efficient. 
energy. So anyway, that's enough uh, politics. And uh, shout out to Barnaby. He listens every week. Um, can I, can I yeah. bring up another su- subject? Are you, are you actually planning these podcasts? I don't, well, no, you, I, to... I plan them around you interjecting. That's the point. I, w- I want you to go off about the Johnny Depp Amber Turd situation. Unbelievable. What's, well, I'm worried what, that we I'm worried that I, I'm going to lose some of the audience who don't who aren't aware of the case though. Maybe who, like my mum doesn't know about it, but she's probably the only one that listens right. to this. I'll do a 30 second summation. Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for wrongly accusing well, wrong allegedly wrongly recu- uh, accusing him of uh, domestic violence a couple of years ago which caused him to lose out on number of endorsement deals and Pirates of the Caribbean 14, um, which is a lot of money. So he sued her for defamation for $50 million. Um, she countersued for $100 million. Lord, Lord knows how where that $100 million is from. And effectively, we've now got to see them in court for three weeks, four weeks, just going back and forth about their lives. So um, basically, everyone on the planet now knows Amber Heard is a lying dog. Of a human, um, Andrew. Yes, Camille Vasquez, gum smoke show. So the one of the absolutely one of, awesome. One of the lawyers, one of Johnny Depp's lawyers, who he's probably dating now, is an absolute bombshell and very very smart. But they effectively aired all their dirty laundry. But the difference between their dirty laundry is Johnny Depp. That's the way he keeps his dirty. I mean, his laundry very fucking dirty. So he's going, yeah, I was doing cocaine then. I was doing this then. But I didn't do that, and he's got he had he's had every witness in the world come to support him, and she's had fucking not a single person. So Kate Moss coming on when she yeah. said that um, Amber Turd said she pushed Kate Moss got pushed down the stairs, and she's come on and goes, no, he never pushed me down the stairs. Yeah, that was bad. In fact, he got me pain medication and looked after me. Um, the reason, <laughs> as well, for some people who haven't been tuning in, the reason why Chubby's calling her Amber Turd is because. Uh, at one point during their relationship, uh, Johnny came home to find a large uh, morsel. Jack Gillespie of, or James Whalen will say a, a large, a large, a large human fe- well feces on his side of the bed, <laughs> which uh, she blamed on the dog. But basically, it's implied that she indeed shit on his bed. Well, shit on their bed, but on his side. So. <laughs> It's it's unbelievable the trial. It's truly unbelievable. But they um, there's no way in this earth I will give my laptop to the nearest child if she gets paid a single cent out of this. That just won't happen. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he'll get the full fifty mil, but she won't get a dollar. Guarantee he'll get that. His, he'll get his career back, which is probably worth more than fifty mil. But one of my favorite parts is when Camille Vasquez goes, and did you end up giving the seven million dollars to the charity? I pledged the $7 million, but did you give it to them or donate it to them or did you transfer yeah. it or whatever? Define I pledged it. I pledged it. Define, define <laughs> give. She was like, define give. Basically, she promised $7 million to this charity from a divorce settlement and just didn't give it. Um, anyway, she's a piece of shit. And I think uh, time will tell. She's going to struggle for work now, um, which is good because bad people, bad things should happen to them, in my opinion. Like you and like you and you, I. That's right. Well, if you if you're trying to ruin someone's life, like let's be honest, I'm sure Johnny Depp is a fucking nutbag. Yeah, but you can tell he says he is. Like he doesn't try and hide it, but you know it's pretty obvious that she's been lying, and she's tried to ruin his life. 
oh, it's fucked. It's fucked, particularly in the Me Too movement, you know. Uh, at that exact time. At that exact and time. And apparently it was when she was putting out Aquaman or whatever, so. Yeah. yeah. Look, Aquaman fucking sucks. He can't even do shit out of the water. So That was a shit movie. Yeah, I didn't even watch it, but like, you know, for a superhero who, who only operates in water, right, I'll just fucking move three k's inland what are you gonna do now i command you fucking idiot <laughs> shit a superhero there is bro except the guy from fucking uh the avengers who just has a bow and arrow like oh, hawkeye everyone else is mate i roll up with what an ar-15 and i'm automatically more useful than that fucking superhero unbelievable sort your shit out um <laughs> <laughs> that was a good uh, rant. You go uh, to Hawkeye now. From oh uh, yeah, well he's a, everyone knows he's the worst fucking superhero, and he's Jeremy Renner's is a fucking weirdo, little midget. Um, I'm going on to the. No offense to all the midgets out there. I'm going on to the next. I'm going to quickly back to rugby, and then I've got another thing. Um, sure. Australian men's sevens one. I know, man. I know. Yeah, that's, actually, that's a very that's very interesting considering that ha- how many professional sevens players are there now? Four? Yeah, probably six, maybe. And, and the rest of them are made up of guys from Brisbane Club Rugby and Shoot Shield. Was Lawson on it? Lawson was there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Matt Gonzalez was there from Eastwood. So basically, yeah, I mean, look, they did the old coach swap the sevens programs this year, which is fucking in itself odd. But like... It's worked. It's sure it's worked. But it, <laughs> this is a big fuck you from Johnny Minetti, really. And like, you know, ob- like uh, conflict of interest, I have one. But this is a big fuck you from him because taking the men's side who were only partially professional is a, was a demotion in a way with the women getting the money, um, equality. Uh, and then he's, you know, managed to assemble the right sort of guys from the shoot shield and Brisbane club rugby and be really successful. I mean, they've, they've made the semifinals, I think three times and now they've won the comp they won in London. So it's fucking huge. Like, you know, with, I'd love to see, and I'm sure it's not extravagant, but like the New Zealand sevens budget and what they're doing. And then, you know, what they, what Australian sevens managed to do, which is, you know, take five players who are getting, you know, 70 K and then 10 guys, who were playing club footy and turned them into a literal, they won the championship. So it's awesome, isn't it? Fucking awesome. Oh, it's, it was, it was very, very cool to see. And it, they'd been leading up to it in some ways. I mean, they, they'd been playing well in the tournaments. They really had. If I could have my life over again, I would have been a sevens player because they look like they have a great time, even though it looks really hard. It's too hard. I wouldn't like to do That's that. A- I, I'd like to, I, I, I used to think about like a, over 120 kilo sevens tournament, but then I thought about like Nemani Nadola. So then I th- thought, well, you got to be over 120, but your skin folds have to be a certain amount as well. So you have like to run that, a six second 40 meters. Yeah, second. that made things more complicated because I was like, fuck, I'd be okay in like an over 120 sevens tournament. But then I was like, well, not if there's a big winger or a big fucking athletic, like PS space looking thing. I'd get hammered. Well, so. Dwayne Vermeulen. Dwayne Vermeulen, he, he, I haven't spoken to him for a while, but he, like, he's a big unit. Um, so anyway, shout out to them. While we're in Europe, Chubby. Oh, State La Rochelle. Are you, is that what you're going to bring up? No, I wasn't. Shoot. Oh, no, it's La Rochelle won the Heineken Cup. Yeah, La Rochelle, uh, Will Skelton. Did you see, the, did you see this, uh, the video of them going through the town on the bus? No, I haven't. I know it's not a big place, though, so they would have gone. Packed. 
Well, when when we were younger, and I was obsessed with all things rugby, they just got promoted probably six years ago, seven years ago, and now they they won the fucking Heineken Cup. But they've got they got some cattle. I mean, I know Will Skelton's there, is he? Will uh, Skelton's there. Uh, Ronan O'Gara is the Ronan O'Gara is there. I believe E Higher West is there. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. Um, I know this will be translated for them back to uh, Bonjour. Bonjour. Um, what I was going to say, all things bonjour, is uh, did you see someone has smudged cake on the Mona Lisa? I saw that. I saw that. What the fuck is wrong with some people? Let's make. Wasn't it a statement about the environment? Of course, it was a fucking statement yes. about the environment. Don't, don't paint me into that like that. But it is though, isn't it? Like educate it, me. This is why I talk to you, so I get educated. Yeah, it is. So a dude like dressed up as a grandma rolled in. By the way, have you seen the Mona Lisa? Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a packed fucking room with like a red velvet rope and a little thing like Mona Lisa. Like, okay. It'd be hard to get to. It's How the to fuck to. do they not have in the world's most famous painting at least one guy standing next to it to make sure no one smears anything of any smearing variety onto it? Like, And then I saw videos and they're sort of like escorting the guy out. Like, kick him in the fucking head. What are you letting him walk out for? Yeah, this, this shit needs to happen in a country that doesn't tolerate these sort of things. Like you, like, like you go to, yeah, go to anywhere backwards, like the Middle East, and like our protesters, go glue yourself to their main fucking thoroughfare. See what happens. You just be, you're, a, you now become a human sticker because everyone just keep driving. Um, but you that was you, you've been to Paris before. Yeah, I've seen it, and look, it's fucking the Louvre. Obviously, beautiful. It, it was fucking cool, but. The fact that he was able to do it, rub fucking cake on it. Then someone appeared just to be wiping it normally. I was like, surely they've got a better way to clean it than just wipe it with a Kleenex. Um, maybe they have. The, maybe they have a fake one out and they put the real one in oh, hiding. Oh, Da Vinci Code sort of shit. I watched that again the other day. That's a great. great have you read movie. the book? Yeah, loved it. Yeah, it was loved good, it. wasn't it? Shout out Dan loved Brown. Um, Dan, Dan Brown's like, awesome. Big fan of the show as well. Imagine doing that, like pissing all over the Louvre, like the most famous painting in the world in the yeah. history of the world probably and then they're like yeah just head it head out to the left he should be in fucking handcuffs getting gutter stomped in my opinion allegedly i no, i agree with you there's some things that are like sacred's an overused word but if you're fucking over a precious work of art like france what are you fucking doing how is there not one security guard look there's a security guard every time i go to the fucking tab there's a security guard checking that i'm not hammered which i'm not because i'm not a big drinker so how there's forty thousand security guards getting in all these how isn't there one security guard standing in front of the fucking mona lisa with just a little pistol and you just could have gone pop and then security security guards test for weed when you go to the tab no and they don't need to either. They don't need to. <laughs> they don't need to. Your lucky Asada hasn't come to South yet. They, you'd be bloody oh, chubby, chubby, chubby Asada are coming tomorrow. That. You come in fully hairless, shaved <laughs> the whole body, <laughs> shave your head, eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I just became a swimmer. Um, All of a sudden, I got alopecia. Did you see that? Did you see the um, question I had for you? Question of the week. No, I didn't look at the Ulysses. <laughs> oh, it said, I was thinking about it the other day, where would you be if you weren't involved with rugby at all? Holy shit. I'd probably be, 
I'd probably be a lot skinnier. Too, you reckon probably, you'd be skinnier? Oh, I would be definitely. Yeah. I never would have played prop. So, you know, all the people that I've met along the way that uh, turned me into this, I probably wouldn't have done that. And I'd probably be rich as well, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're just basically throwing absolute shade at the. At so where, where would you be right now? What would you be doing right now? Honestly, don't know. I, I reckon I would be overseas somewhere. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'd probably as well. be in Europe. I'd be in Europe somewhere. I reckon. I could see you owning like a scuba hire store in like the Gulf yeah, I, somewhere. I could do that. I, I've always like. I used to want to live in Bali. I don't want to anymore because every wanker does it. But somewhere like, I don't know, somewhere cheap, Thailand maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So good, basically, good food. from the two places you have given me so far, you want to run a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sells scuba gear. Scuba gear is, uh, you know, the face business. By the way, this is something very interesting. Have you ever just walked around town and got, and looked at all the shops and gone, how the fuck do all these people make money? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you go past, like, um, I went to Paddington and, like, you go past a shop that sells, like, you know, handbag straps or something only. And you're it's like, 20 grand a week rent. And you're like, what and it's all beautiful like and you're like what the fucking fuck how many straps have you got to sell to pay people like what are we doing here i i always think that i i mean when you're in the slums of west ride or eastwood like there's some pretty shitty shop fronts and you're like yeah but he's selling peking duck out of there so he's making a killing but when you're in like peking duck a kind of pinger or something (laughs) (laughs) peking duck's an illicit drug um, it's what the kids are calling it. No, but the, when you're in like Paddington or like Rose Bay and you walk past one of those bullshit like weird furniture shops that sell like stools that sort of don't feel very good and you're like, how how many stools you got to sell to make money here? It's unbelievable. I do think that all the time. You reckon it's cocaine or ice they're selling? No, nah, no. Nah, nah, I reckon that that's mostly like your mechanics, um, your flower, your old school flower shops. Out the back with the mafia, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, mate. Honestly, I think maybe it's just really, really, really rich people have a hobby shop. I don't know because they they can't be selling enough to cover. Sell like two chairs and it's forty grand. And that pays almost half. Yeah, I suppose. Like as long as you're finding the right crowd. Um, now, what would you be doing if you never played rugby? Sorry for changing. Yeah, well, I was, that's like what I was trying to think of the other day because I was thinking about Byway coming up and I. I was like, fuck, what the fuck am I going to do? Or like when you ask normal people what they're going to do and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this this weekend. I'm like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing the same thing I do every week. Um, I think I'd be at uni still. What would you be doing? I think I'd be working at uni. Educator. Yeah, I don't know. Like just one of those nerdy fuckers who like, not nerdy, but like, I think I just have studied forever. My parents sort of did that. So I think I think I could see myself doing that. When you're at uni, no one really gets on your ass about doing things in real life. So like that's Van a, Wilder. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit like Van Wilder, but hopefully ticking degrees over faster. It's just like when you, if someone's like, oh, Chubby, what are you up to at the moment? You're like, oh, I'm actually studying for my um, Masters of Psychology and Intelligence. They will fucking stop there. They don't ask you if you're working. They don't ask how many hours a week you're working. They just say that. So I figure I would have done straight into a master's, straight into the PhD or something like that and just sat there till I was literally grey in the beard. 
Would you do it because you're interested in it or because you don't want to actually do anything in life? Oh, a combination of both. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but once you do, once you get in the role, like you start working there as well. Like, you, you know, take a few classes and it, those classes mm. actually pay really well. Um, so you, you, you take a few classes, you do that sort of shit and they, you do, you, you write a fucking four billion word thesis on the site. So I figure I'd be doing that. Otherwise, to be honest, I think things would have panned out far worse for me. That's my, that's my, um, like fantasy. But I think in reality, like it gave me a lot of structure and a lot of things to aspire to. Um, I think I, I don't know what the fuck I would have done. So would, if you could have done enough, if you had could have gone back in time and chosen another sport, would you have chosen another sport or would you have done what you did? I've always, the only one that I would choose realistically is when I was sort of 13 or 14, I was a decent rugby league player. And a similar standard of player to me has a lot longer career in league. And I'm not saying I'd be in the NRL, but like even if I'm playing New South Wales Cup for a while, like I get paid okay and, you know, I don't know. Uh, so that would be my only choice. And I, but that was really dictated by what school you go to and sort of you've got to make that call, like particularly when you're our shapes around, you know, 15, 16, like are you going to you going to be a rugby league guy and like trim down or are you going to be union? So I don't know. I think I would have gone the same way, but that would it's definitely worth a question. I I played New South Wales under 16s league. I don't know how I could never do anything. But who who are those two brothers that played? Um, the Manor brothers. Oh yeah, they were picked. Teams were picked. Fucking great guy, great. Guy. I, I I met them literally once and then decided to play rugby. So I got picked in the team and then ended up playing rugby. But um, yeah, I could only imagine what my life would have turned out like if I'd have pursued that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a big drug guy, so like going into... I might be in Byron Bay at this point. I'll tell you what, there's a good chance you end up in Bali, which is your other fucking dream. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. They actually have a rugby team. They have a rugby team over here. Do they? They do. They do. Oh, so, oh that's right. The Bali Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we probably... Yeah. Oh, we could joke about that, I guess. Oh, fucking... Who cares? Don't smuggle shit. No, that's, that true. that's true. Go to any of the other countries where they sort of just give you a pat on the wrist. Just everyone knows, don't go to Bali with, like, so you would have to clean out your whole toiletries bag. Well, this will be interesting uh, and probably news to some, maybe one or two of our listeners, but I'm sure you're very much aware of it and I've already booked multiple flights. But Thailand has just legalized cannabis. Really? Oh, surprise. Surprise. He didn't know. I didn't surprise. Know. Yeah, apparently, apparently they've legalized cannabis. So it is considering the 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 um, drugs are very much frowned upon in Asia. Yeah, generally. I was going to say because like Singapore and like you know they'll those, hang you, they'll hang you in Singapore. Yeah, hang you out to dry or hang you by the neck. Hang you by neck. Okay, I just want to clarify. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck, that's a spanner. That's only going to make more fucking people go over there and do dumb shit. You should let Holloway know, mate. He'd be on the first plane out after the Super Rugby season. <laughs> now I'm going to have to edit. Now I'm going to have to edit this, and I don't have time. No, it's <laughs> fucking. If, if we have to cop it, so does he. Like fake. That's, that's true. Obviously, all the drug innuendos fake. Wink, 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 chubby. But um, look, oh, you know what? I'm going to drag it back because this is what I do. I drag things back. I'm going to drag right. this back to to um, rugby for two seconds, or more general thought. Yeah. 
we've um I've been finding particularly in the last like four or five weeks, I was never particularly good at this as a player. But the guys who do are uh, doing all the extras are the ones who are getting way better. I know they're your best out. players. They're your best players. They're our best players. So I looked at yes. like our defense, our defense for and against was the best in the comp, but our stats on tackle were very poor. Um, really low, like really, really low. So we had to look at like, you know, individual guys who needed help with certain areas of tackling and sort of introduce that as like a weekly thing. It's very hard, as you know, it's very hard to fit everything in the week. So these are things that have to be done before training, after training. Um, and it's made a big difference. But those guys who are doing that sort of stuff are our best players. Like they're, they're week in, week out, you know, and it's, I don't know. It seems so obvious. Like I wish I'd done it myself. Like I, I, I was, I always walk into South when, I, when I, whenever I get there, there's someone kicking goals, someone throwing lineouts, there's someone in the gym, there's someone doing skills, and they all happen to play first grade, and they're probably the better players in the team. Yeah, that is, it's no it's, coincidence that the guys that work hard get the rewards. Yeah, it's a fight. Look, I. I I mean, it's not like they're not doing anything, right? Everyone else, because they're coming to training and they're fucking putting in. And you know, at first grade level, it's very, very rare that you get like a, you know, a guy who's a non-contributor or something because they just get dropped. Um, but the guys who like, are, it comes back to self-awareness, which I always harp on about. But who know that, like, oh, okay, this is a deficiency. I need to fix this deficiency. They're the guys who are now like, as the season turns over, like playing the best football and are the more complete guys where it's noticeable after the game, you go, wow, he was fucking so much better, you know, in his carries than he was a month ago. Whereas, you know, the next person might've, they, they haven't made any changes. Like it's just, it's just so obvious and something that fuck, you know, like you, you just wish you again, like Holloway said last week or two weeks ago, just take it like a, an old person's brain and shoot it into a 22-year-old, they're going to the moon. How bad is it when you see someone waste their talent? Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. How bad, it's- how bad is it? I, I must have been what a coach was like watching me and you fucking go around. But, <laughs> but being on the other side of it, it's like, fuck, do you know how good you could be? You know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's not good. I think that's why... I'm not as much of a dick coaching as I was as a player or like I'd like to think not, I wasn't too much of a dick, but like I, cause I, I'm, I suppose a little bit more compassionate to the, cause I see things in a different light. I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but I, you just see things in a different light and you're like, holy shit, look how much better you've got. Or like, holy shit, you know, like bro, if we just fix this, like, I don't know where you could end up. You could be calling me from France. Like, uh, like let's just, you know, you, you're on the right track. Like, this is, this is it. Hey, one of the one of the best ones is we've got a guy who is probably an average third grader three or four years ago, and he's, you know, was always blaming others and not looking at himself. And then all of a sudden, something flicked in his brain, and he's just taken full account full accountability for his own performance and his actions and his perform and his recovery and his training and all that kind of stuff. And the improvements in this guy in the space of a couple of years, fucking remarkable. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like it's maturity, but 
Yeah, we. I mean, we have a we have a similar similar case. Like, uh, you know, where a guy who's probably more third grade, you know, just in the space of sort of six eight months, had to turn around and sort of matured a little bit, and was like, it's changed everything. It's changed the way he's perceived. It's changed the way he plays. It's changed what where he's being picked. Like, and it. I don't know. It's just um, that's why when you you know if players aren't self-aware or like you know they send their reviews in and you know they're not really grasping the areas they're missing you know it's it's really you can't you can't i always right you can't really you can tell them but they they'll they'll take it in when they're ready like if they're not ready for it then they're not going to take it true eh? particularly with men you can't tell men anything they got to be they got to be open to it i think well everyone likes this thinking they it's like inception you know you got to inception it into them sometimes, but like, geez, people, geez, people can get better at rugby in, in a short period. They really can, like, uh, at whatever position, like through training or like altering the way you perceive something or altering the, altering work ethic, altering, you know, you sometimes you got to amend the way you treat the people around you or whatever. But like, it's 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 powerful because it, you know, it takes some guys from threes to ones, or it takes some guys from fours to twos. Um, we've uh, we've talked about this before, but I think um, just shout out to Tane who just re-signed with the Tars, um, which is fucking awesome, and he definitely deserves it. But the point I was trying to make about that is a lot of the Brumbies guys have just resigned as well, and I think that for a long time people just assumed players were in it for money. And I know that there's some players who've re-signed recently who've been offered significantly more, like life-changingly large amounts more to go overseas, but because the culture's good, they feel like they belong, there's good things happening and they want to be a part of it, that that is just as enticing to players as, as making money. Yeah. I mean, there's you can't put a price on the on the atmosphere or what it can give you. So like if someone's getting it's like it's like the old Roosters Melbourne Storm thing, you know, like guys perpetually taking massive pay cuts to stay in a team where they get better, they're successful, and they're happy. So, like, you know, you got to – it's very hard to price happiness and, you know, it's a credit to the organisations who can retain them. So, Tane's one of them. I hope – I hope – I mean, he's had to, I suppose, go the hard way. Um I think now he's established himself as the 10. I, I do worry about him because there's other 10s in the squad. Like, that's just reality. I still I still worry about him um, just because I love him. And, I, you know, I, I think with your 10 in your squad, like, you, they've got to have a little bit of tenure. Like, they've got to have the ability to have a bad game and still get picked the next week, like, particularly with young guys. Um, so I think we haven't done well in this country. No, like, you know, we've talked about this before. We have, we're like, you know, we're not even tame, like just a player, you know, they'll, I've seen it so many times this Super Rugby season, you know, like they'll, they'll drop a pass, particularly the 10s or the 9s or the 15s, they'll drop a pass and then they'll kick one out in the foot and they get shanked. And it's like, for me, that's not great job security. That worries me a little bit. I don't like that. I think like, it's sort of like your quarterback, you know, you've got to, you got to you got to allow them to make a mistake or two. Like the you know, when, if we're talking a month, you know, of just absolute awful performances, yeah, of course you, there's accountability. But 
you got to. I mean, you got to. You got to back your guy a little bit. I think you got to be able to make mistakes. I, I, I've seen a lot of guys, and it's a mistake I don't want to make as a coach. Is guys get hooked after after making an error or something bad happening, and then the confidence absolutely plummeting. So I, I just don't think it's good coaching. If if the guy's making consistent mistakes and is doing nothing off the field to fix it, then yeah, that's what you can drop them and or have a conversation or whatever. But if it's a one off, you know, just yeah. just fucking, you got to allow it. There's a little bit of learning involved. You have to. I mean, they, with the good comes the bad. Like like if someone's killing it and they're killing it and they're setting things up and doing things and everything's going good and they drop a footy and miss a tackle within ninety seconds, like. The, 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 there was a lot of good before that so you know I agree I think it's very it's very very rare I think that there should be like proper shankings I mean they happen fuck but I, I think it's a rarity because I think it's a reaction to the coach feeling under pressure that's what I reckon because you gotta you gotta do something if you're not winning you gotta do something and, and a lot of times I think it's just reaction to coaches being under pressure yeah, that's true I mean if you're chasing like if you're chasing big time and uh, you know things like that. Well, I get, I get that. I get that. Um, it's um, but yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Play, players making the most of their ability. Um, well, I, I guess if you're being really honest, the amount of people that really make the most of their potential is probably very, very few. No one. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. no one. I look, I yeah. The the thing I, the other thing I'm finding, and I suppose it's because I'm on the other side, is that. You really, and I've said this before, so I'm sorry to everyone in Kara who listens, but like the guys who succeed or get signed train like they're signed before they're signed. They pretend they're signed in the right. same way that like I'm trying my best to pretend I'm signed because like they're the guys, they're the guys who are, they look the part and I don't care what anyone says, looking the part is a big, it's fucking 50% of the battle. And then they're ready, they're prepared, like they're signed, and then they're ready to play football at the next level. Um, I just think it's it's just something that you just see, and you see it's not even just my club; it's your club as well. Like oh, there's particular guys I'm like, he's he's training like a pro. If I take him, put, pick him up, put him in a red uh, top, he he's ready, you know. Whereas. I don't know. I just I don't think I don't think you're doing a service to yourself unless you're doing that. And it's very very difficult, man, because people have got lives. They you know after university, you people get jobs. You got a girlfriend. Like how am I, how am I going to go to the gym five times a week? I agree, but your expectation then cannot it can't stay the same. It can't no. like I I don't think unless you're top two percent talent, which I don't know that that exists at the moment in the shoot shield, but like a curtly Beal, but like you got to figure it out. But I don't think you can expect pro outcomes, you know, if you're just doing your nine to five, come to training, getting some weights in when you can. Like, unfortunately, I think you've got to be a psychopath. It has to be your, it has to be your main focus. I, I agree. There's some late developers, but fundamentally people come through the system and get pushed into super rugby at a youngish age because they've been doing all the training. Yeah, and and yeah. another, it was a mistake I saw a lot. People thought that they would start training once they got into super rugby because yeah. that was the point of it rather than being fit enough, skilled enough, technical enough to actually be in there and then you get better once you're in there. Yeah. How are we, we going to – like, I, no one's looking for a project. 
not a 24-year-old project, 23-year-old project. They'll take an 18-year-old. But 100%. Like, it's but a like fucking a, big investment as well. A 24-year-old project. So I, I sign you tomorrow and I go, righto, you're a decent footballer, but there's you got one full year of S&C and training in you before you look like everyone else. Well, well realistically, it's more than a year. It's two, two yeah. plus. Um, then, like to get to minimums, you know, like. Yeah, it's, that's burning a roster spot. And then a exactly. lot of the times, once that person actually cracks it, someone else will take him anyway. So what's the, there's a huge risk there. Huge risk. So that's why, like, yeah. I think it sucks. But you, you, there's, you, I don't think, again, unless you're top 2% talent, like freak, 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 freak of nature. You have to fucking put everything else on hold or almost on hold to, to have a crack properly. Do you hate seeing guys go overseas because they didn't make it here and kill it overseas? Or, or do you think that it's, you know, that's good for them? They got some money. No, it makes me happy. It makes me you. fucking ha- It makes me happy most of the time because up until this year, I mean, it hasn't been a great place to play football in New South Wales. They haven't been super successful for five or six years. Um, and most of the time, those guys have had at least one experience or, you know, one interaction with a super team, right? Whether yeah, yeah. it be full-time, part-time, trial match, didn't quite get what they needed. And then they go overseas and they get the love. And Look, if, if what you want to do is be a professional, so you are paid for your services, then that's what you sign up for. So... If you're not getting paid for your services in Australia, someone wants to pay you over there, you are a professional and you are, that's what you do for your job. So um, I, I like it, but I, I know where you're coming from, where it's like an opportunity lost, right? Well, I just feel like with some guys, if they stayed a year, got a couple of super rugby games, then gone, potentially, you know, better. But Well, like there's going to be a big – there's a big trade-off at the moment, I see, forming between like – do I go to the MLR or do I stay in the shoot shield and try? Seriously, I, that's becoming one that I think is going to be more and more prevalent. Whereas the MLR, I don't think it's getting any better. No offense to the Americans. Um, I don't think the standards are going through the roof. I don't think the money's going through the roof. So it's like, you know, I'm 24, 25. I've been involved with some systems. I don't have a contract. Do I stay and play the final half of the shoot shield and try and kill it, or do I go to Dallas? You know, I don't have a, and have a good experience and no, no, and 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 continue my professional life. And I'm a professional, and you know, I get gear and I don't work and this or that. Or do I, you know, risk go to the shoot shield to get a you know a contract that you really want? It's I an mean, interesting one in body contact sport, isn't it? Because one injury and all the opportunities are out the door. I don't know. I don't know if there's know? a correct answer, but I, I know that. You know, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, you know, at certain people at certain times, like signing an EPS, you know, if you sign a, just this is purely hypothetical, so don't read into it. But if you, if I sign an EDS or an APS with Canberra, whatever it's fucking called, EDS, I've got to play local footy down there. And then only the bummies get to look at me. Would I have been better off playing shoot chill that year? See, that's the, that's the thing. As a young fella, you, you have to do it. But look, know knowing, you what, that, you, knowing I, what you know, am, now, I, am I better? Like I always think about it. Would I've been better off not going to Melbourne? The answer yes. is yes, because the next been. year the Tars did a massive clean out, um, and I was smoked. But it's not about me. It's about like I watch it and see it, and people, you know, they go down or down Brumbies that disappear. Melbourne, I mean Melbourne, obviously, even Perth. You know, you go over there, 
you might end up playing some shoot shield later in the season, but you miss most of the season. Um, whereas if you hadn't signed and been that productive here, you'd have four offers. Yeah. So it's it's just it's such a hard decision. I, like you don't have, like you said, you don't have a choice really. Like if the Brumbies knock on your door or the Force knock on your door, and you're just fucking sitting at home watching this podcast, like what are you you're gonna fucking answer the you're gonna answer the door? But you know, Sam Talakai rejected the Force early on because I because th- he had the foresight from what I got told. So he had an offer to go from the Force for like an EPS spot and turned it down. And then I think he ended up doing a preseason at the Tars and then ended up getting like one of the big contracts at the Reds, I think, from memory. Yeah, he, went, he ended up at the Reds. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny one. I mean, if you have some insight from your manager or some help, you know, but if it's pure, like I remember my mate Guy Miller did the same thing at first. The Force were like, mate, can you come over and train? And he said, nah, i got a, I got a job. I can't come over and train. Like, you can sign me, but I, no. And, you know, penned out for him, but he, they basically, that made them go and sign him. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very hard to knock back things and be right. Because I suppose if you knocked it back and nothing ended up happening, you wouldn't feel very good, would you? One of the, one of the things I'm thinking about in a coaching career capacity is having the ability to tell people to go fuck themselves. And I think as a player, if you don't have to take the job, you've got a huge amount of power there. Because like in, in we both know situations where people of teams have tried to get guys to come in and train for free or for 600 bucks a week or 700 bucks a week. The players have told them to go fuck themselves and then they've ended up getting paid properly. Mm. So I think having, having the ability to say, nah, you go fuck yourself is quite a powerful thing in professional sport. For the yeah, I think if you have the right backing to it, like if you got the right context, like you go, yeah, look, I've actually got a job. I'm not going to be able to. Pay That's what rent. I mean. That's I'm not going to be able to pay rent and leave. Rather than, no, nah, go fuck yourself. I'm worth a contract. Like if you if you defend it in the right adult way. Um, yeah, yeah. But, well, look, how you present it is probably not go fuck yourself. But no, well, look, speaking you know. of go fuck yourself, like it's a good, it's a good on, and I'm not going to have a rant, but. Uh, I mean, Melbourne on Silly Sunday, Mad Monday, whatever the fuck. Uh, the Force are as well. Terrific Tuesday. Yeah, is whatever. But I suppose my point is, you know, do we wait and see now whether we get an influx of fucking Melbourne players and Force players? Well, let's, I'm sure we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. and I'm, I'm sure some clubs will get them and some will have the rest of them sent to Brisbane. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the case is there, but I like I know hypothetically, if some of those guys are actually coming off contract or they're middle in negotiations, and I can play shoot shield. Yeah, so it's I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see for the shoot shield fans out there, like what happens in the next four weeks um, with players because uh, some of them are re-signed, and that will mean that their club goes, ah, you know what? It's probably better he he get bigger this off season, or you know, some of them we will be re-signed and they send them up and teams are going to vary drastically in what they look like. Um, I mean, it's no secret. It's also no shot, but like East will end up with what, like fucking seven, eight, seven, like a lot of the Tars um, when they bounce out. Um, I'm trying to think. Randwick will end up with a couple. Um, so teams are going to change in the way they play are going to change. But some of those teams that are going to benefit, they actually need to kick on without those guys now because otherwise they won't be able to make the, the fucking top eight, by the way, which is the dumbest fucking thing ever, but top eight. 
Yeah, it's not dumb when you're down the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I'm just how many teams in the comp? Twelve? Yeah, something like that. And fucking two thirds make the final. Where well, it was, was it, was it not always six for since the beginning? Yeah, it was. Of the it was to do with six, but I think the point of it was because there was a lot of games lost in the last two years that the idea was to give the clubs more opportunities to make money and all that kind of shit. Uh, well, so I don't know if it's working at Eastwood, but it's not filtering down. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. Once again, as I stare at my bed, my living room, and my kitchen in the same glance, I know for a fact it's not filtering down. <laughs> oh, man, I'm too tired to fucking make fun of you today. I got up at five and went for a walk with Locke this morning. I haven't done that for a while. I, um, as you know, I've been building a, a deck in the Central Coast. So I, go, I drive to my uncle's house every day. And as soon as that car starts, I'm fucking out like a lot. I have a coffee as well. And still, so I slept uh, this morning on the way to fucking Copacabana. And then uh, I managed to stay awake on the way home, which was a personal victory. Um, and now I'm going to take ar- it when you can. Now I'm turning <laughs> around and going to Carlingford, which is where we train on Tuesdays now, since it's been so wet. Nice. Um, it's nice. Yeah, it is. Oh, look, it's a nice feel, but like, I mean, I think you're in the same boat. Like, fuck, our fields get so fucking thrashed. And I saw... That field will never be the same again. No, like, we've got that top field, right? Uh, Yeah. And visiting teams at the moment, they warm up up there and they might as well just, I don't know, they might as well just do push-ups in the sheds because it's fucking, like, it's unwalkable. It reminds me of, what like, a photo from World War II. Like, there's fucking people with trench foot hopping around. There's nurses. People are doing morphine up there. It's legitimately World War II. Um, I remember that one year that I played Rams. I got picked in the Rams. South got knocked out of a semifinal. And then the Tuesday or something was the first Rams training was when it was at Eastwood. And I've gone the car after work, driven all the way to Milner, stood up on the backfield talking to Hugh Roach because both of us weren't training. Oh, Yes. And I've looked at it and I've gone, I'm sorry, Johnny, I can't do this, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I know. You know I, was I, done by, I was done at that point, but fuck. It was not inspiring. No, nah, it's not. Uh, but like it, yeah, it's a flow. And I mean, it affects everyone. It affects the lower graders. affects Colts. It affects fucking everything. So it's, the rain's fucked us. I saw some stat where it was like, there's only been 50 days without rain this year. Fucking hell. Yeah, it was a week ago, so maybe adjust. It was 48. So I've adjusted them accordingly. But like, fuck. Yeah, so it showed all in May. Hmm? So it's over nearly two months worth of rain this year. No, no, that's without rain. So everything else has been rain. Holy shit. That, yeah, well, that so, makes sense because we've yeah, had a lot. So like, you know, WA or something was 100 and, 128 and we're at 48. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like I'm living in London. Fuck it. Like, well, Locke, Locke's living in London and he uh, was nice yesterday, but the couple of days before, it's terrible or whatever days it was. And he's like, oh, London's sunny and 16 degrees at the moment. Yeah, so, exactly. So I'd, I'd rather go there. Go buy studs, everyone. You've, it's going to fucking rain forever. Um, studs, are hard to, studs are hard to buy. Studs are hard to buy. I will, I will, yeah, I know they're hard to buy. Everyone always fucking tells me that. Um, I will say um, you probably shot yourself in the foot, Chubby, because – the boys were flying high on caffeine gum again on the weekend. Um, I'm going to try and chew some before I train or before I stand around at training because I'm fucking exhausted. But um, it appears it's just flying off the shelves, and the more the better. 
No, it's been look, it's been good. Um, I was actually if I if I'd have had more foresight, I would have got, I would have pre-made a Jed Gillespie sold me drugs shirt and bought it in and given it to one of the Eastwood boys after the game. And um, yeah, that, that would have been, been yeah, that would been good been. advertising. Yeah, I would have been really happy about that, man. Um, <laughs> that would have been good advertising, but no, we are we are on cafe. The boys are caffeinated these days, so we are we are flying. I've had many people reach out to me uh, trying to get into the caffeine gum industry. Um, Tars just bought another two boxes today, so with some best of luck. So two boxes means they must be thinking further than this week, which I like. I like that a lot. Yeah, so you know. I think it's a one day only. Oh no! From when the podcast dropped, twenty four hour discount. Um, if you type in Greg Sheds, uh, you'll get fifteen percent <laughs> off your first fifteen percent off your first box. Uh, if you buy over two thousand dollars worth, I'll give you fifteen percent off. Two thousand dollars worth, and you got to write that. You got to write Greg Sheds. So that's just a little. Um, that's just for our regular listeners and a little shout out. Um, before I log off, because I've got to draw to one, two, three. Yeah, it's probably, I'll probably be bang on. Um, buy a property in Cowra if you haven't already looked into it. Um, we're looking to go to Cowra together at some point. Um, don't know if it'll have anything to do with rugby, but it'll certainly have a lot to do with the rugby club. Um, so we're, we're going to do a live do a live podcast out there. That'd be fun. Yeah, just completely obliterated. Um, <laughs> get a keg and just do it from the clubhouse, put it on for the lads. That would be fucking great. So we are looking into something like that. Um, buy property in Cara, fly Eagles fly, and fucking do some research into who you're voting for, you fucking melons. And um, go to the Tars this week, man. Fuck, how good is it seeing a full house at Leichhardt? The difference the move, in a year, unbelievable. move to Leichhardt is very, very smart tactically. Like, it's, it's just smart. Like, fuck, the SFS is... Soulless, unless it's got 90,000 people in. You know, you get 15,000 people, 10,000 people at the Tars, and it's heaving. And I'm sure the boys can feel it on the field. So um, I'm, of course, behind the Tars um, by the the, di- the dictator captain, Jed Holloway, um, and all of his subservience are there. So good luck to them. Another week of his demands um, and bowing down to him. But, I, I, you know, great turnaround for the Tars. And fully, fully behind them. You were on fire today. Thank you, John. I let, I let the team down a little bit. Probably wasn't my greatest performance, but I'll uh, make sure I'm more caffeinated for the next one. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've noticed. I've got a, if anyone asks if I do have Diet Coke, I've got a 1.25 litre bottle I'm swigging from at the moment, trying to get the sweet, sweet 100 milligrams of caffeine out of the whole bottle. So I need to piss my pants. Um, I'm burping a lot, but. I've got that sweet hit that is caffeine. All right, let's end it there. That was inspiring. And um, please subscribe, like, share, and I'm going to put this out tomorrow. Bye. Greg Sheds.